0: Everybody and welcome back to the Two Jobbers and a Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. On the show this week, as you, oh wait, no, sorry, that usually it's Rob, but he decided to to bow out today. No, instead we got Philip Watson, A.K.A. Bip. Bip, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing all right. Yeah. You know, some some wrestling happened this week uh, that we're going to talk about. Yes, sir. All right. How are you
0: doing? I'm good, man. You know, you you already told me last week. You were like, dude, Full Gear's happening this Saturday. Next week, I got to be on the show. So I made it happen. Talk some Full Gear, some AEW. What's going on? Let's just jump right into it. First match of the night, man. And honestly, this was the correct match to start the night with. Kenny (laughs) Omega versus Hangman Page for the number one contendership for the AEW world title.
1: Wait one second. Was that the first match of the night? I don't care about the
0: the, the, the the buy-in
1: match. No one does. <laughs> the MWA Women's cha- World Champion. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter, man. <laughs> that's that's a good point. The, the match the match was kind of um, it was two people. I'll just I'll just brush over it a little bit. I don't to me, to be 100%. Um, I, I follow like a lot of wrestling. I look at Impact. I look at like a lot of a lot of other companies. <laughs> But I don't know where it's these two these two people came from, and I don't know what the NWA uh, championship is. It's kind of like when uh, the Lucha Bros debuted in AEW, and they they had those two like like slim belts. It was a great match with the um, with the Young Bucks when they first came out at the Double or Nothing, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know who these two wrestlers are and I don't know where this belt comes from. So if, if there, if there are anybody that, um, that posts comments about like this, this wrestling promotion, um, please do. I, I would like to read them, but, um, the match, the match was kind of a, it was kind of a, a wipe. It wasn't, it wasn't like really entertaining. And yeah. as you said, the first match of the night does deserve, um, to be called, uh, the heavy the, the Hetty, <laughs> the, <laughs> Kenny, the Kenny Omega hangman page. Match. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that it was fair for them to start with this one, to be honest, because you, you you can't. It's like asking somebody to follow Dave Chappelle in comedy. You just can't do it.
0: I mean, that's fair. That, that's a fair point. But I mean, I get why they did it. You know, start start the night off with a bang. Start off with the match that everyone wants to see. Like I, I absolutely
1: understand it. Yeah, I mean, and saw so we did. It was an excellent match. Just like they built it up over the the course of that. That weird tournament, we, we knew who was going to win to begin oh, yes. with. But, uh, even a as, uh,
0: Actually, no, listen, I, I told you the the night before that, you know, we were all sleeping on Hangman. And you've brought up on this podcast before that. Listen, Hangman is a good wrestler, you know. They, he could have pulled it out, like, out of nowhere. He could have done it.
1: Like, like I said before, I thought he was going to beat Jericho. I thought Jericho was going to, like, as they <laughs> keep doing on WWE, pass the torch. You know what I mean? I hear you. They'll probably bring The Rock back for, like, WrestleMania and have him pass the torch again after he already passed it to Cena. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see him pass the torch a couple more times, I think.
0: There you go. Um, No, but yeah, man, listen, this match was – it was physical. It was good wrestling, really good technical wrestling. Uh, yeah. I'm happy that this match honestly ended with one finisher being done. Like, you know, I understand sometimes you do finishers and you kick it out with- – and you know it's for the surprise factor, but I I like that this one actually someone took a finisher and that was match.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I I really do agree that agree with that. Also, um, the also when when uh, near near the end of the match, sorry, spoiler alert, guys, people who haven't seen uh, full <laughs> gear yet, uh, you need to get in gear and watch it because it was worth it. Uh, but anywho, um. Both both wrestlers, uh, I don't, I think, I do remember Paige um, trying the Buckshot Lariat near the end of yes, the match. Yes. I don't know if he tried it earlier in the match. I don't remember. The match was extremely good. I, I did, I really liked the uh, the Tiger Driver in 98. That was, yes, that was, that was really um good. that was really fantastic. That was a huge move. And honestly, that looked like a finisher, <laughs> but <Yes. laughs> um but you, you saw, you saw like, you see the panic in, um, in Omega's opponent's eyes. They really sell it that they want to get out of the one winged angel. And yes, they seem yes. to keep, they seem to keep protect, protecting that move. So I, I'm really impressed with that. And also, um, Omega also sold the, um, he really wanted to not get hit with the buckshot lariat. But it, they kind of made him seem like he knew it was coming. I don't know how he would have saw it was coming, but at the same point, um, it was it was a great match I have no complaints at all um
2: yeah I,
1: I like the uh, I like the the homage to Kevin Owens the pop-up power bomb that Paige did it was fantastic it was just it had like a really good uh, flow to the match it, like you said it was great technically there were, I don't remember any botches um, I actually really watched this one like closely so I don't I don't remember any like real sloppiness but the only the only problem with this match is that uh, one of these guys Guys had to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like You're absolutely just, correct. Such a build up. Yeah. What do you think? I know one of these guys. Like, they both deserve to be somewhere in this contention for this belt. Oh, so God, that's... get
2: rid of Mosley yeah. already. Oh, no, no. Don't worry, we're, we're uh don't All right.
0: So the next match that took place: Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Uh, listen, man. But I- hold I'm on happy. On,
2: uh,
0: I'm, I'm cool. happy, Orange Cassidy was uh was on the pay-per-view, uh, but I, me and you, I know we feel the same way about this, but you know, th- this guy should be in some kind of title contention somewhere.
1: Uh, should've, he should have beaten Rhodes for the belt. I mean, not in the first match, maybe the second one, and then the rematch Rhodes beats him back. If they wanted Rhodes to keep the belt, which we'll get farther along. Um, yeah. I, I think that this was a good, this was a great uh, match to showcase silver. I don't I didn't know really much about Silver when he was it, stepping into this match, yeah. but when when you throw when you throw uh, somebody who's not really known with somebody like Cassidy, Cassidy puts all of his talents on display in every match. Um, I don't know. I mean, the way he hits that tornado DDT is so clean, it's great. Uh, uh, but at the same point, I still see that um, Silver kind of came up here and jobbed for him a bit. He did. Yeah. <laughs> They're like. They're like, well, all right, Cody. uh You beat Cassidy twice. Let's get him back in the win column and throw a W at him with uh John Silver. Yeah, um, John Silver sounds like a made-up name too. Like, who is John Silver? <laughs> but yeah, he, he seemed he seemed uh, impressive in the match. Also, I just I just really want I want them to do something with Cassidy already. Like, can we? Can we stop throwing him, making him beat people like Jericho and then making him lose to Rhodes and then making him beat Silver? What are we doing with him now at this point? Like, what is the future for for Cassidy? Do you throw him against Hangman Page and then make Hangman Page fall farther down the ladder by making him beat Page? Or are you going to keep him mediocrity and make Page beat Cassidy? That's what I see, like, him going forward here. I mean, do you throw him against Allen? Like, what are we doing with him? What what are we doing with Cassidy? We're building him up like this superstar, making him face Jericho. And now we have him fighting somebody with a made-up name.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, everything you said was absolutely correct. I mean, that's the best question now. Where do you go with Orange Cassidy? Because you're kind of flip-flopping here with this guy. And, you know... You can't keep doing that with him, and especially when he's he, – because he is he is very over with the crowd, so I I don't know where we're – I don't know where we go or what's next for Orange Cassidy, to be honest with you.
1: In an ideal world, where do we go next with Orange Cassidy?
0: I mean, I think you're right. I think the TNT title is definitely the place to go.
1: But, like, what, what, do, you, what do you do? Are you going to ruin the prestige of the title, make Alan lose right away? Are you going to build it up? What, what are we going to do here?
0: I mean, I guess yeah. You'd have to build it up for for a couple months, which means you know, probably Orange Cassidy. He's gonna keep doing what he's doing. He's probably gonna keep flip flopping. You know, win
1: some, lose some. I mean, I think I think they should um they should make Cassidy feud with uh, the whole the whole Taz group, build build F-T-W- prestige that way, if not even. Make him like kind of turn. Um, oh, I'm a Taz guy, just for maybe a little bit, just, just to like um, flex my creative wings here for a second. Um, maybe maybe make him go to Taz, and then you know he's he's great on the mic. He, he doesn't even need to talk. He just needs to show up, and people cheer. Exactly. So like. I, I want him to come out with Taz and then people are cheering and then like Taz comes forward a little bit, the crowd kinda of boos, and then Cassidy comes forward a little bit, and then they're like, Yeah, Cassidy. But because <laughs> I, I want him I want him to get farther over. Like after after this world heavyweight belt, um please please have, oh gosh, can we just have one mega please? Oh, but anyway, yeah, we're gonna we'll get um, into that. Yeah. I want Cassidy I want Cassidy to like succeed, man. I, like if anything if anything, that the Tornado DDT is just, like, by itself, you know. That, that should be, like, a signature, if anything. Because yeah. that, uh, that thing is pretty to watch, so.
2: Oh, so. yeah.
0: Absolutely but yeah,
1: an ideal world. Let's see Cassidy go somewhere.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, next match, and this is the first title match of the night. It is Darby Allen versus the American Nightmare, the, T- the former TNT world champion, Cody Rhodes. Uh you know it's cool that he got his name back. We discussed this the other day. Uh you know he he made a trademark deal with WWE to get his name back. He gave them two two peer review names and he got his last name back. So it was it was cool to to hear people kind of chant his name finally in AEW.
1: I mean is, is this the only time they have uh, I think I think they've uh, they did like the uh the douche crowd moment. And well, um, chanted it before, but it's it's fun for him to be announced as Cody Rhodes. I, yep. I don't think that it was correct for there to be a trademark on someone's human name, but you know that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, this is, you're right. You're definitely right. Like how, how do you how do you trademark someone's identity? Like that's like oh uh, John, I'm I'm trademarking Jonathan Stanfield, you got to call yourself something else, man. They, just, exactly right. You'd be Madonna now, it's just simply Johnny. There you go. That's it. No, no last name. Uh, I, I trademarked it. Sorry. Sorry, Frank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, listen, th- this match was pretty good. Um, I, I, from the beginning, I, I had that feeling that Darby Allin was going to pull out the win here. I didn't think Cody was going to retain. Um, um, I am kind of happy that he retained on a, on a roll-up. So I'm like, because, listen, the Commentating was saying it best that Cody was kind of playing this game with Darby where he was just like kind of playing around with him, like I feel like if he wanted, to, he could have beat him at any moment, but Cody
1: was just playing
0: around with him and look, it, it cost him a title.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I like I like that they let Cody really did establish like this this belt. Like yeah. Um Well I guess we'll We'll get farther about the analysis in this match. Um, I, I, liked, I liked how a lot of submissions were used in this match. I really liked the crossroads off the top rope. That was, that was a crazy. huge, I that huge happen. move. I just I, I don't like that the match should have been over and the way uh, Allen they kind of made him look a little weak by letting him kick out with his lifeless leg underneath the rope and then the ref, the ref was like, leg! Leg under rope! Yeah. Yeah, like, he he couldn't even pick up his leg to put it on the rope, but we're going to, like, we're going to let him continue that way. I think they should have, um, after they built all this prestige around this belt with Cody Rhodes, um, he was basically untouchable. They had, uh, they had Luke Harper, (laughs) um, I'm just going to call him Luke Harper, uh, they had Luke Harper, uh, beat him for the belt, and then they gave it right back to Cody Rhodes, uh, I think that he really built up prestige around the belt. And, again, I don't know I what AEW is doing with their talents. Uh, Luke Harper is nowhere to be found anymore. He hasn't been in a match in forever, I think, I think since he lost the belt back. But don't, don't quote me on that. But at the same point, Rhodes built this belt up, and it actually looks like something you want to win. I mean, yeah, it's it's great. Usually, like, your mid-card titles and these smaller, like – well, not smaller, but like smaller than WWE promotions, your mid card title usually fails. Like in uh, Lucha Underground, they had the uh, Gift of the Gods belt, and the reason you wanted to win that was because it was like a virtual money in the bank. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's usually real difficult to um to build these belts up, and they did a really great job with Rhodes. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what happens after this. Uh, they they had the Taz crew come in afterwards. And, um, you know...
0: I... Honestly, I thought was going to happen was I thought Taz was going to come out and be like, oh, Darby, you just won the belt. Like, be a man and put it up against Cage. And I was like, dude, if that happens, Cage is about to become your new TNT champion. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that he was,
1: was going to happen. Apart. He was ripped was... apart. And then when, was... like... I just don't like that Cage comes out to Taz's music. Like you're supposed to be like, "Oh, here comes the beast!" When Cage comes out, like, and his his theme goes Cage. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's let's watch someone get uh, jobs right now. Like every time he comes out, he either jobs a guy or he loses to Moxley, <laughs> clean. So that's 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 his matches. You, you either job a guy, job everyone in the business. Like that that whole ladder match thing. Or you lose clean to Moxley. It's it's one or the other. You don't you don't get it in between. You just you job the whole company. Then you will lose to Moxley clean. Yeah, and the thing uh, that kinda,
0: I didn't I really didn't like was when uh, Cage and um, this other guy picked up the TNC title. Kind of seemed like like how are you going to already signal like oh well we both want want to be champions so like w- it's like no like you guys are you guys are supposed to be a team. You guys right. literally became a team. Like, oh man, like that.
1: why, why are you, you signaling this already? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, well, what's gonna happen? They're gonna give that belt to the, these guys, and then um, Cage and Starks gonna have a rivalry. I mean, if they break Cage away from Taz, that would be the best case scenario in my opinion. Stark I, seems like he's really good on the microphone, but uh, I I mean, they they can't they can't take this belt away from Alan already because they they need to. They need to build him too. No, I mean,
0: the next, next pay per view is in February. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he holds it all the way till February.
1: Yeah. Who is he gonna lose it to? They, I mean, if they if they make him fight Cassidy, those are gonna be great matches. But and those, that's gonna be a great rivalry with uh, Cassidy not talking and you know running the crowd and then Allen just like running his mouth the entire time and then yeah. Cassidy's I mean yeah. Killing. Sunglasses. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you right now, he's either gonna lose that title like either in January, like on a dynamite, or he's gonna actually hold it to the next pay per view, but he's gonna lose it like at that pay per view. He's not getting past that point. I'll say that right
1: now. Hmm. I mean I <sighs> Well what do you what do you do with Alan in an ideal world then?
0: I mean, I don't know. I feel like Cody Rhodes, you know, had the right idea, man. You said I think you should be coming out every week and kind of being like, "Yo, open challenge."
1: Like, NFL should be up for grabs every yeah. single week. Showcase I, I, new talent, make yeah. your old talent look great. You know, it is. And like, and like, you, like, you
0: were, like you were saying to me, you know, you were you were saying to me that you know AEW just has too much talent, and it's like, how do you showcase it? Things like this, open challenge, like you just said, have people come out and you know contend for it
1: they they got to make a stipulation then like oh open challenge only if you don't have a belt because then then Cage will just rip the belt off of them and they'll let that happen i mean to be honest with you i don't know if they'll let that happen they don't even let the guy touch the microphone so oh, i mean, they're,
0: they're going to i'm telling you they're going to have Darby Allen run this uh this whole underdog storyline like they're going to put him up against people bigger than him and somehow he's going to keep winning i guarantee it
1: That'll be annoying. <laughs> like, I guarantee the he's first gonna, time get, he's gonna fights cage. get like shit can say
0: right now, the first time he fights Cage for that belt, he's gonna retain on a roll up. I guarantee it. I guarantee it.
1: a oh, roll up. Oh no, I hope you're wrong. You know I'm right. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, the the worst part is it sounds uh it sounds accurate to me, man. I, yeah. I just man, I'm just I'm watching this um this uh, the top rope uh, crossroads again. They call it an avalanche. They tweeted it. The guy like rolled all the way across the ring, and it yeah, looked it was, so believable.
0: It, it honestly looked really good too. It, it was a really well done move.
1: It was fantastic. But uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go to the next match. Yes, <laughs> uh,
0: next match: uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose to the AEW Women's Championship. All right. So I, I have two things I want to say here. Number one, this match, in my opinion, was not. I didn't like this match just because their last match was so good that this one did not live up to the hype for me. I was just kind of like, uh, whatever. And then you already know my, you already know my grievance here, Bip. Why is Britt Baker not in the <laughs> women's championship contendership? Why is I, it Nyla Rose again?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many times Sheeta has to beat Rose for uh, for this to become apparent that right? Rose um, Rose isn't the, the champion anymore. I don't know why Sheeta <laughs> keeps uh <clears throat> entertaining this or AEW keeps entertaining this same match. Uh same thing same thing continuously happens. Sheeta wins by some near angle and um it's the use of the cando stick, you know I, I just want I want uh I want something new she is a very talented wrestler so is rose in her own regard um they don't let her on the microphone because they they do the whole vicky guerrero treatment with rose but uh i think that i think that this match like you said that they already gave us the best that these two can offer to show us in this ring but then they keep throwing these um these One's that just don't live up anymore, and like at this point, it's like, all right, well, uh, you guys need anything to eat, yeah? You know? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So uh, like, it comes on, yo, guys, um, I'm gonna go on a beer run. Uh, you guys need anything? Yeah. And that that's this match because basically. you know uh, we've seen it before. We've seen the same result before. We keep seeing the same result. So can we move past this and have and have a new you know, rivalry with the woman's champ, and then make something. You know, make someone else big. Like uh, I'm not going to say any names, but Britt Baker. You know, um, come on now. <laughs> Can we can we just get her out there more in title contention? I, I understand. Like uh, they don't want to shove like the people who started in AEW down our down our throats like straight off the bat, but. You Look, look what you did when you used, like, one of your main talents. Uh, you created prestige for both belts. You had Jericho hold the championship. You had Cody Rhodes create the TNT championship. Yep. And these guys started AEW. And look what happens. You just have gold every week. Like, look at that Jericho MJF, like, singing extravaganza. That, yeah. that thing was fantastic. And then they Absolutely. both accidentally called the way, Well accidentally called the waiter the wrong name at the end that was just the perfect way to cap that off wow this this steak is rare like why did it take so long to prepare then just should have just like pulled it out of the packaging and threw it on a plate that (laughs) thing was uncooked. like both of them but it was it was a fantastic little bit and this is what happens when you rely on the uh, people who started your company with you I, i think that i understand why they don't have Britt Baker fighting for the belt, but it's time now. Can we just, like, do it? Like Yeah, exactly. Like, I I understand the whole, you know, you
0: don't want to give it to her right away, whatever, but, like, we've been in AEW now for, what, like, basically two years. So it's
2: like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: time's up. Let's go. Like, all, all right.
1: right. <laughs> yeah, that, that should be their next pay-per-view in December, time's up. Like, yeah, let's yeah. let's have everybody who should hold the belts hold them now. Can we just AEW, do that? Right? Like the whole Omega thing. Like I, I actually really enjoyed the the um, tag team with uh, Hagman Page, but you know I digress. Yeah.
0: Um. But on to the next match, and I, I think I mean people could argue it, but I, I feel like you'd be wrong. This was definitely match of the night. Uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Uh. Listen, this was just one of those matches that, you know, we'll we'll look back on years from now and be like, damn, that was that was a hell of a match. And I love to see it coming from a tag team match because when you look at other wrestling companies, you know, tag teams aren't, you know, as important as they were. And I'm happy that AEW puts that importance on not just their tag team division, but their tag team titles.
1: Well, well, what was your favorite spot in this match?
0: (sighs) My favorite spot. Honestly, I just, I loved all of the, uh, all of the finishes being done, and then all the kickouts. Like every time I thought it was over, it wasn't. I was like, "Well, this is just great."
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that 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 was great. I I, I liked that. Um, again, they established the uh, the finality of a finisher. Uh the partners yes. had to help each other cause exactly. it looked like those people were flatlined. Like, uh, you know but at the same point uh i'm i'm really glad that what i said regarding the uh the match before about Britt Baker um i can't get enough of saying her name uh, but, <laughs> but um, so what i said about that they're finally uh doing right by the young bucks and yeah, you know this was the uh this is what i like to call the uh, night of the swanton without a hardy boy doing it yeah which is um which is very strange to me, but at the same point, we should have at least seen one from Matt. but I guess maybe uh, all the light drops after the, uh, the whole spinal thing kind of yeah, yeah. you know made that made that impossible i do I do like uh, I do like how clean this match was. this was like you said this is match of the night it might actually be um if if that stadium stampede thing didn't happen, this might this might have been match of the year for them and yeah. It was it was so clean and I'm as you know I'm not like super into like F T R but they they did it this match and I this made me really like them. I, I like this match a lot. I didn't see enough from them before, but we see we see a lot of we see a lot of teamwork in this match, which is like my favorite thing about tag team matches. Oh, of course. Um when you when you go when you go to like uh when you talk about WWE you saw um, Sorry, another guy that I can't get my my mouth off of. Uh, <laughs> so when you see Cesaro work with his tag team partner, he he makes he makes every move like a tandem move, and it's yeah. it's just fantastic to watch. Like how cleanly executed he does it. It's just like blood, sweat, bow into these um, moves, and you urine. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, this this match was fantastic. Another match uh, of this pay-per-view that i was extremely impressed with and i didn't see any obvious mistakes i um i liked how it to be honest i didn't i didn't really like how it ended um the only reason i like how it ended was because they they sold this injury to his leg matt jackson's leg the the entire the entire match and And then yeah, he super kicks someone. So, which is the bad leg at this point—the one that you're kicking someone in the face with, or the one that's balancing your entire body weight? So, you, you, even even when they fought the uh, the Lucha Brothers, like I mentioned before, for those um, random belts, I don't know where those came from. But when they fought those guys, um, they did the uh, they did that tag team like pile driver, which is an absolute yeah. insane move. I love that move. I don't really know what it's called, but we'll we'll just um, move forward. <laughs> I forgot what it's called. I remember we went over it like a bunch of times. What is that move called? But he did it with one arm because Pentagon did the arm breaker on him. They yeah, sold it through that move. But there's no possible way you could do a super kick with one leg hurt, and that's that's. This is me nitpicking because the match was so good. Yeah. But I don't like that it ended on a super kick. All those, like you said, finisher after finisher after finisher, end it with a finisher. Can we do that? Like instead of even even the Swanton or the the twist of fate that happened earlier in the match. Yeah. Um do do one of those. Just can we not can we stop with the the super kick? Everyone does it. Can we um I, I I like it as like their signature super kick party, but the, that basically says finisher party. But, <laughs> like, only person who was able to pull that off is Stone Cold.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, the one thing that I really liked too, about this match uh, at the end there was, um, especially storytelling-wise, is that I like that uh, for FTR, when Cash Wheeler did the 450 splash, that these guys literally pride themselves on uh, no flips, just fists. Like, we're just, like, an old-school tag team. And he decided to pull a flip out because he didn't know what else to do. Like, he broke his one rule, and that's what cost him the titles. Like, I thought that was just really good storytelling.
1: That was, I, I, that was like one of the things about this match that made me like FTR. Like, uh, oh, we'll try anything. Just come on. We we need to keep these belts. I like that a lot. I also like that, um, you know, we we mentioned the Hangman uh, Omega combo before. I, I liked it; they worked well together. But that wasn't um, that wasn't a true tag team. That yeah. was two you singles competitors holding on to uh, the tag team titles. But yeah. the, the FTR is a true tag team. They did a lot of t- in tandem moves. Like w- watching this match was fantastic for me because FTR is fantastic, and I didn't know that until this match. I always thought it was kind of like. Um, they were unbeatable a little bit. So Yeah. I agree. But yeah, this this was this may have been like one of their matches of the year, in my opinion. This is a great match.
0: Definitely. Uh on to the next match. It is Matt Hardy versus Sandy Guevara in uh the Elite Deletion match. Uh this match was okay. Uh, I remember watching it. I was talking to someone, and I'm, I was like, uh, "Yeah, this match is definitely going on like way longer than it should." Uh, I would say the second half of the match was entered was more entertaining when like you know Hurricane and like Gangrel showed up. Like it was just like, "Why the hell are you two guys here?" Like it was just random. But other than that, I, I was kind of just I-, I felt like this match went on way longer than it should have. Like this was like a 20 minute match just. This should have been like no more than like a 15 minute match.
1: I I agree. Um I I like these hardy compound matches. I like uh I like the whole Matt hardy insanity thing. Yeah. Um, but uh they, they 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 took it above and beyond with that um that dome match in the Jacksonville stadium. Yeah. And after after doing things like with the Mad Facts and having a yeah. Santana and Ortiz look at the Mad Facts, what is that? And then like yeah. he's in the the pool of reincarnation or whatever yeah. he calls it. Um, yeah. That that was so good and so well done that like I, I wanted um I wanted him to stay as like the uh, I want him to stay as this Mad Hardy. Like I want him to stay as the broken Mad Hardy. He's he's hilarious. He's uh yeah. he's just a fantastic um. Personality to have, but I think the whole um they keep doing like the the Matt Hardy multiverse, and yeah. um one of one of Matt Hardy's first matches was against Gangrel, so um I thought that they did that to like bring him you know bring him through like the multiverse, I guess yeah, yeah. I guess it's like canon, but and they made Gangrel go against him, so it was like you know uh. And then they had him save the hurricane and the hurricane had that thing with the Hardy Boys like forever ago yeah. but that, that that's just them going through the, the multiverse and I I appreciate that I like it I like the whole uh, homage to Jeff Hardy Jeff Hardy had no no value in my life that he did a Swanton and he almost killed me like that was <laughs> that was fantastic and they read they they made me relive. Him saying that in, the, in that interview yeah. when Guevara did the the swanton, I was like, the last time he got a swanton, you know, he turned broken, and that was hilarious. So uh, I I, I like this match a lot, but I wanted I want I want more to happen. I want more to happen with this this um this Hardy thing. Um, when Jericho broke, Vanguard 1, That was that was hilarious. He's sitting there crying, sobbing on the floor over a drone. They yeah. like it have a life. And uh it was it was just a great it was a great thing. I think that they could do a lot more if they don't uh if they don't make him go back to like his old personalities. When they did it with the, the pool of reincarnation, that was fantastic. But that was hilarious, yeah. I, I absolutely. That, agree that, that was really the best spot like ever. I think that may have been the best spot that I've seen like in a long, long time. They had yeah. the chair of wheels. Oh man. I, I can't get enough of this Matt Hardy, but Hey, you. Um, <laughs> on to the next again, again, uh, wait, one. Again, again, one more thing. Guevara no. is supposed to be the future of this company, but you keep having him lose, and you keep having him lose to Matt Hardy. Yeah, well, what are you I doing? What's going on, EW, <laughs> you know?
0: Especially, yeah, like, young talent like that? Like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not.
1: Like, what, what? where does Guevara go from here? Oh, he just goes back to the, um the the sidekick of Jericho, the laughing sock, who uh, sings Judas and then Jericho yeah. can't even hold him himself back. And he's, he's always in character. So he's about to laugh. Like, come on, he's, he's a great talent, but what are you doing with him? What are we doing with him from here? That's, that's my question. And I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. After that whole Sasha Banks thing, man. Exactly. Uh, On to the next
0: match. It is MJF versus Chris Jericho. And if MJF wins, he joins the inner circle. Uh, This match, I knew it was going to be good. You have literally Chris Jericho, like, one of the greatest of all time. And then MJF, who is also just great. Um, I think my favorite spot from this match was doing the whole uh, Eddie Guerrero bit. But he he flipped off Jericho before he dropped. And I'm like, well, that was just great. That was... That was honestly just just the best thing he could have done, uh, and I also love that Jericho's rough during every match is uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Aubrey. Just cause that's just that's just hilarious. So that whole thing was just great. Uh, my only concern now with MJF in the inner circle is I feel like one of two things is gonna happen, either either they're going to kind of uh, MJF is kind of is gonna ruin the inner circle from from within. Or he's going to take over the inner circle. He's going to kick Jericho out, which I think would be a complete mistake. But those are the two scenarios I see happening here.
1: Yeah, that's that's a fair um that's a fair assessment. Um, I think I think these two are like gold on the screen. I think they're even even the even better when they're when they're together on the screen, but. I don't I don't know if putting them in the same faction is a great idea. I think that when they were dragging this out it was a great build up. They went to a city hall, it was it was hilarious. Um the, the steak dinner, like yeah. I remember watching AEW with, with a Phoenix Pentagon match on. And it was so it was such a good match, but I still remember in the back of my head, I was like, Yo, I can't wait for that steak dinner. Like who watches a wrestling show and, and waits for a steak dinner? Yeah. Well, what are we doing? Exactly. The, the dinner demo there, whatever they called it. Like, oh, my God. I can't believe I was sitting there waiting for a steak dinner and it wasn't mine. Like, you know, <laughs> what is going on here? And that's, that's the thing that these guys can do together. And they, they did the whole... Um, when they did it, who's, who's the biggest idiot in the world? Cody Rhodes, like. And then they yeah. did the same thing with Orange Cassidy's name. That was fantastic. I think that these guys are great, like, when they when they try to out-heal each other. And this was a great match to showcase that, but I don't know what's going to happen next.
0: That's the big question here. That's a big question. I mean, I don't know. Part of me hates the idea of, like, I mean, th- this could be the end of the Inner Circle, or it could just lead to, you know, MJF just being the heel that he is and just kind of turning on the Inner Circle and being like, oh, I don't need you guys. But, like, to me, that would just kind of defeat the whole purpose of having this whole storyline to get him into the Inner Circle just for him to leave.
1: You know, I just thought of something. Like, Uh-oh. so so this 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 upcoming Dynamite, what happens? Uh, MJF comes out, and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to join the Inner Circle, and Ward, uh, Ward, Ward, Wardlow? Wardlow. Wardlow. Yeah. Wardlow. Wardlow's with him, and then MJF's like, yeah, we're joining the inner circle. And the circle's like, wait! Stop! I didn't say Wardlow can join the inner circle. And then MJF's like, well, you know, it's either me and him, oh, or nothing. no one. Yeah? yeah and That's then, like, they just possible. have a brawl in the ring, where MJF just gets stomped out by, like, the inner circle. And uh, that would be, that, that might be, like, the best outcome, in my opinion. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, cause you you don't want it to kind of you don't want it to hurt the inner circle and or Jericho, cause like we talked about, like he's kind of the thing that's keeping AEW going.
1: <laughs> he he is he's every time he comes on the screen, like I, I have to like stop myself from laughing because everything he does is hilarious. But um, I think I think that uh, that but on the flip side if he does let mjf and Wardlow join the inner circle I could see Wardlow becoming like the butt of all of Jericho's jokes oh yeah and then and then that would be just hit, so yeah. funny yeah he just looks at mjf well oh I'm, I'm I'm sorry you came out of the bathroom without Wardlow like jeez like yeah I think that that would I think that that would be kind of funny like they keep making spots like that where he makes fun of mjf for having Wardlow everywhere and uh-huh. then that would be great, but you know, I think that what I said first could happen. I don't think that the, the whole making fun of him could. But anywho.
0: Well on to the main event. One of the shittiest main events uh, I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, you yawned, I saw it. So yeah, John Moxley. <laughs> again. Just retaining. Yeah. Woo. Uh listen, I guess the, the best part of this match was when it was over and Kenny Omega came <laughs> That was that was the best part of this match. Um, I don't know, man. I, I already told you, you know, when when they announced it was him versus Eddie Kingston, I was like, who the fuck is Eddie Kingston?
1: Yeah. <laughs> In relation to Sean Kingston, the rapper. <laughs> I was
0: like, why is this happening? Um, I don't know, man. This this was. I remember, cause I was talking to Julian during during the pay per view, and he literally texted me. He was like, "Wow, like." What a what a boring match and I'm like yeah this is this is like the worst way you could have ended this pay per view I was like this is really bad um, but like I said the best part was you know Kane Omega coming out and just staring down Moxley and all I had to say is with everyone you've you've let Moxley beat it you can't let him beat Omega you can't you can't if he okay. beats Omega Moxley should just be named AEW champion for life because no one.
1: He's just being named God at this point. Like, he, he, how does he beat every? Like, I don't, I don't get it. How does he beat everyone? I know he beat Luke Harper in like what I like to call the snooze fest of the year. Like, it was, it was oh, probably, man. it was probably the one of one of the worst title matches I've seen. Like, it it looked like it was being played in slow motion, and uh, you know.
0: The thing that's crazy is that at the end of the match after he won, they started naming off all the people that Moxie's beaten and like they were naming off names and I'm like, dude, some of these names are like heavy hitting players. Like like this is bullshit. <laughs> like what the hell is this?
1: He beat MJF. Like, why Bro, why? Why changed. would we Well why would why would we do this? Like, why do we keep doing this? Like maybe this was their plan all along oh, and right. then they were like, you know what? We're going to make Omega happen now. And this, this is, this is, this has got to be it. Like if Moxley does beat Omega, then I I might, I might have to turn off like all the pay-per-views, all the shows like before the ending, because I can't, I can't watch this anymore. All the spots between him and Kingston were were madness. Kingston did not deserve a title shot. How do you make a hardcore match boring? Um, how how is Bleacher Report going to call this an A match, and how is CBS going to call this a B plus? Meanwhile, the Moxley-Jericho match had, like, those funny interchanges with the referee, and they both called it that, like, a C match. Uh, how, how are we doing this? How are we grading these world championship matches no, for Bleacher Report agree. and CBS? They I keep doing A. That. A means, like, right? How are these the best? Like, I don't, I don't get it, but yeah that's just um, that's just my opinion i guess yeah
0: man listen uh for for a pretty damn good show that was that was a really bad way to end end your show in my opinion Uh, really bad i agree and like and like we've been saying for months now you know i'm 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 over moxley he's boring he's a boring character he's a boring champion i'm 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 over it
1: I liked him in WWE, but that, that kind of wore out like it's wealth Yep. A, a little while after the Shield disbanded, like they made him the Lunatic Fringe. I got it. And then they made him like fight Seth Rollins a bunch. And I, I liked that whole angle, but they made him like the face of that fight. They should have just made them both fight his heels. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't... I don't know what like what bothers me about him now, but I just don't like him anymore. I don't know why. I just he's think boring. That I'm just tired That's what of it. it is. Yeah, I think yeah I'm, he's just he's just tired of it. He's
0: boring. It's the same thing every week. Same just, thing every pay per view.
1: He's boring. He's wrestling material.
0: Yo, for reals. But yep, yeah, that was uh that was AEW full Gear. Uh, pretty solid show. You know, there was only a couple matches on it that I was kind of like, uh, like I could have done without it, but. There were some pretty damn good matches on there as well. Yeah. Uh, next thing I want to talk about with you, Bip. Survivor Series is coming up. We're not going to get into all of Survivor Series. I just wanted to talk about uh, about uh, Team Raw. They 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 filled out Team Raw. We now know who's on Team Raw. Team Raw is officially AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Matt Riddle. What what are your thoughts on that team?
1: I think that that's uh I think that that's a solid team. I really I really like Sheamus a lot. Um I don't I don't know if having Jeff Hardy, Elias and Riddle fight each other in that triple threat to yeah. secure a spot on this team I don't know if that was worth winning a triple threat for <laughs> to be honest that's, that's fair um, yeah. this is more of like this is more like a gimmicky match they're gonna have five guys fight each other there's gonna be some solid spots but this this team this team is way more than the other team the other team has like a huge champion on it Deb Rollins but yeah I don't I don't know how you beat this team with any combination of wrestlers. You have AJ Styles and Braun Strowman solid, and he had that whole debacle. Well, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> um, she is also a world title holder at one point. Keith Lee held both belts in NXT. You, you have all these guys with such prestige. And- I, I don't I don't know what they were trying to do here. Oh, Raw is better than SmackDown. Is that what they're trying to do? <laughs> I think it, but, I mean, I mean they are really try- I think that is what they're trying to do here. Yeah, it's just, just a, a slobber knocker for Raw, but yeah, no, the team's the team's solid, but I think they could have put maybe like Riddle in a one on one with some random SmackDown person or the to be determined SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I agree. I don't.
0: I don't know if Matt Riddle was the uh, the guy I would have put on the last spot on him. I kind of agree with that. I think he. You could have done something else with him, or just do nothing with him. I don't really care. I don't really like Matt Riddle.
2: <laughs>
1: um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just like do nothing with him. I don't really care.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that's what I want. That other thing I wanted to, to talk about. So they they officially announced that Undertaker is going to be doing a farewell at Survivor Series. So this is like, this is it. And people were talking to certain people about it and they were like, oh, you know, it's crazy. You know, I never thought Taker would do something like that because they're probably going to give him the whole like shebang where people come out and like clap for him and shit or whatever. He's probably going to cut a promo. Listen, just because after watching his documentaries, I know who, what kind of person Taker is and he's always willing to put the business first you need to end this undertaker farewell with the fiend destroying him that's how you need to end this
1: <laughs> that's a good idea I really like that idea i didn't i didn't think of that to be honest that's that's a great idea i I also don't like that the fiend is nowhere on this card um, he I should agree. be somewhere he should be somewhere on this card. I don't know why he's not. So maybe that—that's a—that's a solid guess. But I thought that Undertaker is a year too late when he um when he dropped his gloves in the ring with the hat. That was a that was a good finish. That was a great I, finish. He should have just left it there and then became like this guy named Mark that speaks on uh, the Stone Cold podcast. You know, you <laughs> exactly something like that. Uh like that was a perfect like send off. Especially for I never thought that too. Yeah. Agreed. He just disappears and like all that's left behind is his hat. That's great. But now, now we we waited long enough. Where we're finally at the point where Jay Uso is in single contention. Now I never thought that those words would come out of my mouth, but now we're in this era, and yeah. Undertaker has to retire on a card like that. So that's why I'm like. um, Jay Uso is getting pushed. I'm sorry, Taker, that you had to see this. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with SmackDown. Just put, put somebody else on SmackDown. Make Jay Uso like take some hiatus time, vacation until you know, until the other Uso comes back. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't like them so much. <laughs> it's like you said, Moxley's um, boring. I've always found the Usos boring. They, they were like, "Yo, Usos, go heal," and then they come out with baggy clothes, like, "Oh, that's that's yeah, heel, bud." But... What is happening? Like, these guys <laughs> can't do anything in this business. Can we just like not do that, do this anymore with them? Like, come on. Yeah, but, listen, yeah, like, no, I, we, The Undertaker
2: is too
1: you. late.
0: I absolutely agree with you. But yeah, listen, honestly, if if you don't end his farewell with something with the fiend listen i mean i would rather be the fiend destroying him because that's just like all right like the fiend destroyed taker that's it but like even if you just did uh a a stare down kind of just like like taker kind of knowing like all right like you're like you're like the next thing like all right cool whatever but you gotta you gotta somehow include the fiend you can't let that slip in my opinion
1: yeah no agreed um, maybe put them, put Undertaker after he has this, um, his entrance takes up 15 minutes of my life. again. <laughs> uh, we will, we'll have him in the ring. Um, he'll probably do the dead man. Like, uh, I'm cutting off my head with my thumb look. Yeah. And, um, then maybe he'll stand in the center of the ring, look around it. And then like the screen will go black for a second. The fiend will appear in the ring. He'll do his sister Abigail. And then the, the screen will go black. And then, like you'll he will hear the giggling in the background, and then it'll appear, and then the ring will just be empty. Yeah, like, that that could that could also be that could also be a way that you could go out here. Um, he agree. was sister Abigail so hard that he's just not existent anymore. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like maybe that's what you do to build up the fiend, but I just he's he's too late. I, I think. I think he should have retired when he left his gloves. Man, I really... I stand by that. I I thought that was perfect.
0: I agree. agree. Um, We're going to move on to the top 10 quick here. Top 10 this week in honor of Survivor Series. Top 10 Survivor Series matches. Hmm. Number 10. We're going to take it to 1994. Uh, Undertaker versus Yokozuna. Casket match. Uh, Listen. People who don't know, Yokozuna, man... For a big guy, he moved really well. And him and Taker always just put on really good matches. I don't know what it is about Taker putting on really good matches with these uh, Samoans. But he just puts on really good matches with these Samoan wrestlers. And this is just one of those matches that, honestly, is just that good.
1: Uh, I mean, to be honest, uh, I I really haven't seen this one. So I have, I have like, zero to no input. I do know... Zuna Zuna is a solid wrestler. He's a big guy, but I haven't seen this match, so I'm gonna <laughs> it's all good. I'm gonna leave this one at ten. <laughs> uh, number nine,
0: uh, Survivor Series 2007: Randy Orton versus Shawn Michaels for the WWE title, and the, and the sweet chain music was banned. Uh this match is just really good because you see in this match that Shawn Michaels is that good of a wrestler, basically, because take away his main move. And he literally had to do, like, every other move, which was really great to see. And this is, like, I, young Randy, too. So, you know, she's always good to see Randy Orton in his, in his prime.
1: I agree with uh, with everything that you just said. Um, because, you know, as we mentioned earlier in this, uh, this episode... The super kick, um, it's basically the sweet shin music without the uh, the stomping beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think showcasing um, Shawn Michaels like that was a great idea. I think that giving Randy Orton a match against Shawn Michaels was just fantastic also. I mean, Orton Orton is just, he's just the best. Like you keep keep putting him out there and people are like, yes, give us more Orton. Yeah, for real. Like he, for some odd reason, he just seems to be timeless. Every time he comes out, I'm like, wow, he reinvents himself. He does something new. He acts a different way, and it's just he's so good at it. Like, yeah, for real. This could be this could be like one of his matches that made him come into his own, and this True. was uh, one of yeah. the better ones to watch. Agreed. Uh,
0: number eight. The Rock versus Mankind, Survivor Series 1998 for the vacant WWE title. Uh, listen, this was, this was a good match because this is when The Rock turned heel and joined the corporation. And, of course, in Vince fashion, being the petty guy that he is. Um, the This is a year after the Montreal Screwjob, and The Rock locks Mankind in a sharpshooter, and Vince calls for the bell, mocking the Montreal Screwjob. And handing the title to The Rock. And I'm like, all right. Is this like a thing now? Okay. People are just going to get screwed at the series. That's, that's just what it
1: is. Um, the, the best part about that moment, besides the fact it was that moment, um, because that was, that was really fantastic. Um, I liked that they were so self-aware like that. But this is... This is one of the most important things that happened to the rock, because um, yeah, this is when he started doing the sharpshooter. This is when the rock got a submission, so that's why I'm like, this is one of the turning points for the rock, you know he absolutely. he now can hang with the guys who do submissions, and that's fantastic
0: absolutely and and that was the rock's first uh world title, so from there of it was only awesome. up him it was oh, yeah wow.
1: Yeah, it was only up for The Rock. A lot of history in that match. That's great.
0: All right, number seven is Survivor Series 2005, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. And I'll tell you the teams right now. Team SmackDown consisted of the world champion Batista, Bobby Lashley, JBL, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio versus Team Raw, which was Big Show, Kane, Carlito, Chris Masters, and Shawn Michaels.
1: All right, why Carlito? <laughs> I remember him so badly. We're gonna continue. Why is this? Why is this one? Why is this one one of the best?
0: Oh, dude, this is a this is a solid five on five classic Survivor Series match, and this is one of those times when you see uh, the best of Randy Orton come out because this is another time. Because listen, I have I said it last week on my show with Rob. I think Randy Orton is Mister Survivor Series because he holds not only the most uh, Survivor Series match wins, but I think he he also holds the most sole Survivor wins, and this is one of those moments where, um, again, uh, SmackDown was down, and then Randy Orton, you know, just came out and somehow won, hit that RKO on Shawn Michaels, and that was it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, no, um, just having, I mean, we just spoke about the Randy Orton Shawn Michaels match. Um, it's kind of strange that this happened before. That yeah And exactly. two years prior to be exact, um, I I can't believe that uh, you had you had Randy Orton finish Shawn Michaels like that. Um, that was a huge push.
0: Absolutely yeah.
1: So I mean maybe if you made Randy Orton do like a sweet shin music, that would be like the the oddest super kick of all time. Can you imagine uh, Randy Orton doing a super kick? No. <laughs> no, not not even a little bit. So no, I'm just yeah. like, you know, I, I want to see him do one now, like, <laughs> uh, I just, like It just would just look So weird. It, it really wouldn't look right, you know. Like, there should be like a rule. You need to have long hair to do a super kick. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: number six Survivor Series 2003. Another Survivor Series match. It is Team Bischoff versus Team Austin. And the match was at a stone cold law. If his team lost, he had to step down as co GM. So the teams are: Team Bischoff is Chris Jericho, Christian, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Scott Steiner. And then Team Austin was the Dudley Boys, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, and Shawn Michaels.
1: All right, this this has this this match has a whole um, hour. Right, like this survivor series right now, yeah, has those vibes all over it. Yeah, so the first team, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't even say his name. Yeah, it's Scott Steiner. <laughs> um, I just love Scott Steiner. microphone, you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Matt, oh my god, oh, that was like one of the best best promos ever, like we spoke about earlier on this podcast, but, um, you have, uh, not this podcast, like a prior episode. Um, yeah. every time, uh, Scott Steiner's name is said, like, I can't think clearly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know That's if uh, anyone's noticed that, uh, but you had Jericho on this team of like other guys that, well, like, they were pushing Mark Henry at the time, I guess. man. I see that, but then you had the other you had the other team with uh, Booker T and Shawn Michaels on it and I'm like wow I mean the moment the you said Jericho I was impressed by the, the mentioning of this match. But um why why is this one one of the best?
0: I mean again, listen, this just traditional these traditional Survivor Series matches of them, but not a lot of them are that good. So the fact that I was able to find ones that were that good, and this is one of those ones that just a told a really good story, and like you just mentioned, like the people who are involved are just really good wrestlers. So you know there was like top notch wrestling here.
1: Agree. Mm-hmm. And also anything with Scott Steiner, hit, even if it's funny, um, it's gotta be in a list somewhere. <laughs> like, I mean,
0: obviously, come on. <laughs>
1: Top ten guys who wear chain mail. <laughs> He's probably number two. Number one is probably a Templar Knight. But you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, whatever. <laughs> a
0: templar Knight. Yeah. Oh god. Uh,
2: okay.
0: uh number let's see what we got here. What is this? Number five? Number five, yes. Uh Batista versus Undertaker. Hell in a two thousand seven for the world title. Uh listen, Taker and Batista legit had one of those really good rivalries, and I think that they were the two people that kept uh, SmackDown going, like, in that, like, beginning of that PG era. And then, listen, just put these guys in a hell in a cell, like, it kind of speaks for itself.
1: Yeah, man, you know, uh, I was... I know there's a lot of um, people who like Batista, but I, I, um, I've never really been that big... I haven't been a big Batista guy. I loved when they called them I, Blue I'm Tista. Not, I'm not the
0: biggest Batista fan either. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like he's okay. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh man, like I love Batista. I kind of agree with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you throw you throw Undertaker in a match, you kind of don't even care of the opponent as long as it was a solid match. Um, exactly. But, yeah. You know, I remember, I remember this one. It, it was a good match. Um, it also had belt ramifications, and I, I think this may have been like one of the one, one of the only matches that happened off the uh, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view with, yes. with a Hell in a Cell. Yes. Exactly. So I was yes. super hyped for this one. Yeah. Was, I really liked that gimmick back in the day. Something about a cage. I don't know. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh,
0: number four, uh, Survivor Series 2017, Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. And this is just one of those things where we've talked about, you put anyone in the ring with like AJ Styles, and he's going to make them look good. And this is honestly well, probably one of Brock's best matches that he's had in years.
1: Well, that's because um, it was an actual match and not like a, a slaughter fest. Uh, they didn't just let Brock come in and beat Big Show in the chair for 10 minutes, which, which I actually enjoyed. That was kind of fun. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, AJ Styles gets in the ring. Um, you already know whoever's against him is going to look great. Uh, and Brock... In, in the later stages of his career, I, I liked him a lot. I didn't realize how much I liked him. I always didn't like him, but yeah. now that he's gone, it's kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm missing something. I didn't like <laughs> how he wasn't a fighting champion, but this yeah. this was a really good match. Uh, I do think it was a cleaner match for Lesnar also. Since he came out of the UFC, uh, in my honest opinion, I thought he's been like super aggressive, and I, I didn't really... Like like I say about the botches and stuff, you gotta put the uh, the safety of whoever you're working with first, especially somebody like Styles who who's had significant injuries. I I was really pleased with this one because there wasn't that much aggression. Styles looked good taking hits. Uh, Brock looked yeah. good making it sell, and it was it was a good match. I, I do agree with you on that. Good choice. Number three.
0: Survivor Series 2002, the first ever Elimination Chamber match for the World Heavyweight
1: title. Remember, um, if we harken back to uh, one of our first episodes that we did together, it may have been the first one, top ten botches of all time. This yeah. match actually had one that was on my list in it. And, you know, I, I go for the Jeff Hardy, the Kane, and the, the Rob Van Dam, when he uh, kneeled on Triple H's throat and yep. crushed it. Yep. I can't believe Triple H continued that match after that. Um, oh, I really, really do like who was in this match. You you had, like, all these heavy hitters. I, I'm I'm a sucker for the Elimination Chamber. I love that match. I love Hell the gimmick yeah. of it. I also really like Elimination matches. Like, they don't do that enough. I, I, I think that Elimination matches should make a comeback. I don't know why they don't. I don't like Triple Threat matches where the champion doesn't even need to get pinned, but the other guy gets pinned, yeah, and yeah, then that person nice, takes it really- out. So, I I dislike that stuff and this was the first Elimination Chamber and I was so hyped with this one that like I was like yeah well when are we doing it again and I guess it was such a good response that they made a they made its own pay-per-view so I'm like this is a great idea I remember so much about this match I I can't believe it's not one I don't know what you have in store for me but this this was one of my favorite matches period I really like this match do you know who
0: won that Elimination Chamber match?
1: Uh, you know, I remember this match vividly. I remember a lot of spots in it. I remember the botch. I remember, um, I just don't remember who got eliminated first, second, third. I don't remember who won. The, uh, the
0: winner of this match and became the new world champion was, uh, Shawn Michaels.
1: Hmm. I I was, for some odd reason, I was thinking Jericho. They both have long blonde hair. (laughs) <laughs> but okay. um, I I don't know how I didn't remember who, the, who won this match. Every time um Jericho goes up against these big heavy hitting guys and you think he's gonna lose, he somehow always won. So that's kinda why Jericho stuck in my head. But yeah, of course like the great the greatest wrestler of all time wins um wins this big elimination chamber. Uh oh, yeah. that's they did the right thing there. I, I can't say anything else. I mean, my my heart's screaming. Yo, no, RBD should have won, but no, that's not right. <laughs> they should if they made if they made a RVD win there, that would have been a very bad idea. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Um, number two Survivor Series 2001. It was Team WWF versus Team Alliance, and the teams are for Team WWF. It was The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show. Versus Team Alliance, which was Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon.
1: Oh man, I I think um I think recently we may have talked about this match in particular. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> my, my my only problem with this match is you have like. Some of the best talent the company's ever seen, like ever. And then you throw in Shane McMahon. And he just, he's like, imagine you have a bunch of like posh rich people at like a a wine party. And everybody's like, oh, I I know the smell of this. And then like, you you throw in that one guy like that's homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And like, they're like, oh, yeah, my goose down blanket. And then the homeless guy rushes in with like a 24 in his hand and he's like, you no, know, my newspaper got softer. Like, what, what, what are we, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. You, no, you have some of the that, best That's the fair point. I mean, I don't. I, the match was fantastic. You had good Shane spots. I'll admit that. Uh, but at the same point, again, you could have put, you could have put anybody there, anybody in that Shane McMahon slot, and it would have been just a better match. You could have put Vince McMahon there, and I would have thought it was a better match. Like. <laughs> Because Vince, when he's on the screen, you kind of just get like, ooh, is something bad Like, because yeah, yeah, exactly. of the walk down to the ring where he tore both of his quads. I I just, every time I see Shane, everybody's so hyped. And I'm like, oh, again, I'm not one of those Shane guys. Um, I don't see the hype behind him. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you got one shot. Oh, money, Shane, the money man. Uh, money, money, money. I'm like, that's not money though. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I would
0: say that that's probably the one thing that holds this match back from being the best Survivor Series match of all time is Shane McMahon. Like, again, you, like you said, you could have put literally anybody there, anybody. Um, but the best part of this match, honestly, in my opinion, is that it comes down to Rock and Austin, and you just know when the Rock and Stone Cold are in a match together, it's just, it's just classic.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I agree that. You you could have put, like, a Rock Stone Cold singles match or, like, one of their promos when they were, like, against each other as one of the best things ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll I'll give you that. Uh, Out of everything on this list, we didn't have a Stone Cold and uh, a Rock face-off. And there it is. It's number one where it belongs. Well, Um, no, it's
0: actually number two. We have one more.
1: Oh, no way. What's better than that?
0: Are you Ready? So number one Survivor Series 1996, a number one contenders match for the WWE for the WWE title, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, their first encounter. This this is just classic storytelling, classic characters, and just classic wrestling. You want to see a hell of a match? Go back and watch. Uh, Austin Bret Hart ninety six Survivor Series you won't be disappointed
1: I guarantee it I I vaguely remember this one that's because like I was four when it came out so I had to watch it on like a rerun at some point I think uh I think it may have been at like a party um <laughs> you know because <laughs> we're normal we watch uh we watch wrestling old matches at parties um, oh yeah yeah so uh. I, I think this was this was also before the um before the screw job. It did have it did have really, really good storytelling. I do remember that. This this was like one of the uh not the coming out party, but this is one of the things that like kind of solidified um Stone Cold, Stone Cold. as yeah. like a as a main guy. Yep. Like you put Absolutely. him against Bret Hart and Bret Hart was like one of the most protected names in the company at this at this point. We yep. <laughs> we see how protected he stayed. But, um, exactly. You know, it's uh, it's one of those um, it's just one of those classic matches. I I I can't say that the match before this was better due to the uh, inclusion of Shane McMahon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is a great this is a great match. Um, usually, all of Austin's matches have like really good storytelling. You're not you're not gonna watch an Austin match for um for like real technical wrestling, but yeah. every every one of his matches have like really good. Spots in it, <laughs> and I, I just I, I love you. You put anything with Austin in it, it's just a great time. So I, I agree. It's, yeah, Red Hard sells, moves well. Um, it was one of those really classic matches. You're right, and did solidify him. Yes, sir. As uh, as one of the um, one of the best of all time. The best matches, yeah. But what wasn't wasn't the Montreal Screwjob at a Survivor Series?
0: Yes. Uh, that match though was not that good of a match.
1: Yeah, it can't be included on the It didn't even have a real finish, so exactly. I, I mean, I guess I guess yeah, those are null and void. I mean, yeah. that was probably one of the uh, biggest moments in wrestling history, but...
0: Yes, absolutely. I would, I would absolutely agree with that.
1: It might be like top two moments in wrestling history.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. I would definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah, but you know, that, that was a solid match. I, I think I think your list is very apt. The only, the only one that I'm, I can't look at is the the Zuna match? I'm like, I don't remember that, because <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen it. But yeah, yeah that's, that's my fault. That's a me problem. Uh,
0: it's all good. But yes, that was the top ten, but sadly Bip, we have come to the end of our show here. Ooh. I agree. Thank you for coming on. I hope you I hope you had a good time.
1: I always do. I always do, man. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem, man. For Philip Watson, I'm Jonathan Stample. See you guys next time. Just keep jobbing, everybody.